From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to examine the potential cybersecurity threats related to hardware and equipment in the trucking industry. Modern trucks are equipped with an expanding array of connected devices and components and factory-installed telematics hardware to support improved vehicle uptime, efficiency gains, and regulatory compliance. But as these trucks become even more connected to the internet, how can the industry keep all these systems secure? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. To learn more about these emerging cybersecurity threats, I recently spoke with Ben Gardner, Senior Cybersecurity Research Engineer Contractor at the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. But before I get into that interview, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on cybersecurity and other important industry issues by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. And now, let's play my recent interview with NMFTA's Ben Gardner. Thanks for joining us, Ben. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So just to get started here, tell us a little bit about your professional background and also some of the over, an overview of the cybersecurity work that you're doing today at MMFTA. Yeah, my, my professional background is I, I uh, spent some time doing digital design embedded firmware at, uh, at a local seismological firm. They make uh, digitizers and seismometers. That was fantastic, enjoyable work. I transitioned into cybersecurity in a security assurance role at a digital rights management company. So that's a, a company that makes it hard to pirate software. And our job in security assurance was to make sure that the anti-piracy technology was working. So we had to play the role of the hacker and uh, you know, reverse engineer and try to crack stuff. My, uh, my work with the NMFTA right now is very exciting. We, uh, we kind of split our time between breaking things and fixing things when it comes to cybersecurity on trucks. The, uh, the breaking is we do research into what's wrong and uh, how attackers out there could take advantage of what's wrong. And then uh, the fixing things is a lot of work in standards bodies to try to make sure that in the future, uh, stuff is buttoned up right from the get-go. Yeah, and I think that's a really important you know, part of the conversation because you know most of the focus on cybersecurity in the trucking industry naturally has been on ransomware attacks and other cyber attacks that can you know, basically compromise the IT systems in the back office, you know, these the operating systems, the software that companies use to run their businesses. But of course, during this segment, I want to go a little bit deeper into cybersecurity considerations for, you know, the assets in the trucking industry, the trucks themselves. Uh, so let's just go into that. You know, what are some of these potential threats and vulnerabilities you see associated with the vehicle and the technology on the vehicle? Sure. Yeah. I mean... There's uh, like trucking is a spectrum, right? Both the people that operate it as well as the equipment. The equipment on the road today, some of it is is pretty old, but still running fine, right? Uh, some of it is brand new. And um, it's hard, especially today, to speak in generalities about what are the cybersecurity issues. If we kind of divide it up into two, at least talking about some of the older equipment that still has J1939, so new enough to have CAN bus, uh, but not so new that it might, you know, have an autonomous driving retrofit on it, let's say. Uh, that stuff there, that CAN networks were never really designed to be connected to the internet. The uh, the CAN network is a control loop system, and the ECUs on the network just do what they're told. So access to that bus is equivalent to the ability to command that bus. So 
on those things, you know, what worries us is compromise of telematics devices that are connected to those buses or other equipment that, you know, from the aftermarket that might be added in. We also have found and demonstrated that there are ways to wirelessly inject messages on the power line networks that are found across all the trucks, both old and new. And of course, those power line networks have the brake controllers connected to them and the brake controllers bridge over to 1939. So there are there are concerns that we're, you know, we want to button up for that. For the brand new stuff, uh, you know, the OEMs are starting to add what they call security gateways between the aftermarket devices that includes telematics as well as TPMS and, and other kinds of aftermarket devices that fleets want to install and their vehicle network segments, as well as multiple different gateways that separate uh, all the different segments on the truck, because there can be like six or more CAN segments on one of these brand new trucks. Uh, the two kind of issues there is, is one, these security gateways don't always do what's on the tin, right? Like they're calling them security gateways, but many of them that I've tested, I've been able to just do brake diagnostics through them. And that doesn't seem like it's performing the function of a quote unquote security gateway. Uh, the second thing is again, more telematics devices. So there's security gateways being added, you know, ostensibly to separate telematics devices from vehicle network segments, but uh, OEMs and other uh, suppliers of equipment are shipping telematics devices connected directly to the high privilege segments for their field monitoring and, and engineering purposes. So we're still not getting true uh, segmentation of telematics from vehicle network segments. Uh, so yeah, it's not an easy question to answer. That's kind of like the spectrum of the situation. Oh, you've, you've laid out some of the potential vulnerabilities, uh, but how what might it look like? You know, if a hacker you know targets trucking equipment onboard technology on a vehicle, uh, what can these attacks actually look like in practice? Sure. I mean, uh, some of the attacks may actually be invisible in practice, right? Like uh, a lot of, I think we know that uh, trucking can be a highly competitive business and some fleets decisions that they take just to route their trucks in response to weather and traffic events is kind of like their secret sauce, their competitive advantages. So some of these attacks might actually be invisible. It could be a leak of geolocation data that's detailed enough that someone else could understand what those routing decisions are, and that would actually be leaking of you know critical asset information. Uh, it could be something that is you know not new to trucking at all. You know, organized crime and theft of cargo has been something that's been part of the trucking landscape decades and decades and decades. And some of these attacks could actually enable identification of location of key assets or a particular you know equipment based on start an endpoint or timing or whatever, and, and that could enable car more cargo theft, you know, not theft period. Uh, and then, you know, there is always kind of the, the bugaboo of these safety impacts uh, due to cyber, uh, you know, cyber physical. I think it's, it seems like, um, at least for like brake, the pneumatic brake cylinder control, because there is a chuff test that's built in as a command, there is a way to like bleed supply given enough consecutive chuff tests or maybe service valve tests on the tractor, which does dump quite a bit of air. So that seems possible in terms of the mobilization. I think, I think thankfully, there is nothing, uh, there's no evidence yet of any kind of latitude control or steering control of, uh, of any of these vehicles due to any cyber physical effects, because, you know, we have to remember these trucks are developed by uh, OEMs and suppliers that are really doing ISO 26262 safety critical systems development. So like failing safe is what these things do all the time. And then the final part is because they're designed to fail safe, 
sometimes the attacks could turn out to be uh, things that we already see all the time, like D-rates, right? So one of the things that we've found in our research is that because they're designed to fail safe, uh, the engineers really have no choice but uh, when something's going wrong on the CAN bus to put that diesel engine and the entire network around it into a D-rate. So it, it is possible that these cyber attacks could manifest as like persistent D-rates that just uh, our techs can't figure out why. Okay. Oh, so really, uh, uh, again, sort of a spectrum of different types of uh you know, outcomes and different types of attacks as well. Uh, that, you know, this is uh, all kind of a, a new frontier and, and uh, topics that and, and threats that companies need to be aware of moving forward. And, you know, uh, I, I think it's interesting to think about, you know, how this fits into a, a, an organization, you know, a company's uh, uh, operations, because typically the trucks and trailers and as well as the onboard technology really fall under the auspices of a fleet's maintenance department. Uh, not the IT department, right? But, you know, and, and that's where, of course, cybersecurity usually is, is you know, the, the, the topic uh, or the, the focus. But, you know, if cybersecurity is becoming more of a pressing issue for, you know, the vehicles, not just the back office, there's going to have to be more coordination, right, between maintenance and IT staff. So how much of a disconnect do you think there is today between, you know, a fleet or a logistics company's IT department and the maintenance department and how can the industry bridge that gap to the extent that it exists? Yeah, I mean, the, the answer to the first part is the, the gap exists, but it is also very much a spectrum, right? You know, like we have small-ish companies uh, that maybe just have an IT guy and then maintenance staff. We also have really large companies in the industry whose, uh, whose IT people are kind of like, you know, also truck system experts. Like it, it kind of spans the spectrum, but, but definitely that gap exists and we all I'm sure in our life have anecdotes of IT people who don't care about trucks and maintenance people who think that cybersecurity is not clicking links, right? And it's it's just kind of how things go sometimes. Uh, certainly though, getting cybersecurity talent, getting cybersecurity effort is something that's a pain that spans industries. It's not limited to trucking. Uh, if we're really going to secure all our operations and that includes rolling assets as well as, you know, the IT systems that are clearly under extant threats, just, you know, as evidenced by all the ransomware that's happening, uh, we're going to have to bridge that gap. So I think that means getting IT people uh, maybe excited or interested in trucking systems and uh, getting our maintenance people interested in securing, you know, actually making cyber secure trucks. Um and I think that involves kind of cross-training, right? It's something that has kind of already happened in industrial control system security as well, right? So I do believe that we, we as an industry in terms of IT and maintenance can learn from how industrial control systems got their cybersecurity personnel to cross-train and level up as well. Uh, I think uh, maybe getting IT people into uh, some hands-on CAN bus hacking to see just how similar it is and how different it can be in other ways from networks, and that might uh, that might pique their interest. And for techs, I think uh, we should show them that there are ways to measure what's on trucks. There are ways to you know probe and scan uh, and enable them to to do the important work of. Uh, keeping trucks rolling, maybe even in the presence of, uh, of attacks.
Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Roadsides podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Roadsides extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, we're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. Yeah, so I can certainly envision you know, managers, you know, maintenance managers and trucking, having a lot more conversation with, you know, technology and IT managers, uh, maybe getting to know each other a little bit more and, and working together a little bit more uh, because, you know, these uh, worlds of maintenance and, and cybersecurity are very much uh, starting to overlap more and more. I'm not an expert in, uh, in you know, incident response per se, but I, I know people who are, and, and, and you just peak something for me is that these conversations need to happen uh, before you're responding to something, right? You need to have those relationships built uh, yes, right. before you actually need them to, uh, to to pick up the phone and do the thing during an incident. So, yeah, we would all be uh, better off if we built those those bridges now. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that's one of the pitfalls sometimes of cybersecurity is like you take it seriously and you invest after you know you have an incident. So um, let's let's do that more on the front end um, as as an industry. You know, and of course, a, a big reason we're talking about cybersecurity for trucks is all the growth and connected devices, connected vehicle technology we see on modern trucks, right? You know, there's electronic logging devices are now standard across uh, most of the industry. And there's also all so many other, you know, IoT devices and whether it's cameras and other systems and sensors on the vehicles, smart components, uh, remote diagnostics, telematics. Uh, that are supporting all these different systems and features and capabilities that are helping companies be more efficient. But yes, these are all, also potential uh, vulnerabilities from a, a cybersecurity standpoint. So Ben, as trucks become even more connected to the internet, uh, how can the industry keep up with all these systems and, and also keep these systems secure? Yeah, uh, the CAN bus obviously doesn't have a whole lot of controls to do uh, permissions, right? Once you have access to that CAN bus, you can command it to do the things. There is kind of only one thing in the way. You mentioned uh, remote diagnostics and like uh, some of the juicy from an attacker point of view, things that go on in truck networks happen in diagnostic sessions. And kind of the good news here is that there is something that protects that. Uh, it's called seed key exchange. The bad news is that seed key exchange wasn't really designed to resist like attacks, um, you know, from determined attackers. It was kind of designed to stop piracy of diagnostic software. Um, there are some systems out there that, you know, actually have password protection, which password protection is actually better than seed key exchange as long as you have unique passwords on your devices. Um, so putting unique passwords on your ECMs that support them. I think for the techs that are listening, they know which, which ECMs have passwords because they probably complain about when they have to look up the passwords, but that is actually a good security step. Um, when it comes to those older trucks we mentioned that 
you know, they just weren't designed to be connected to the internet and there's only really one segment, there's no gateway in the way. Uh, we do think that there probably should be some kind of a device like a firewall that it would be really great if fleets could purchase that for the equipment that they are concerned about and, and field it when they feel that the risk is warranted, uh, which, you know, we, we are concerned and think that the, the risk is warranted. Um, and then beyond that, uh, you know, we all try to specialize in our businesses. Um, you know, uh, not all of our fleets are fully equipped to be cybersecurity specialists and maybe not even like truck cybersecurity specialists. So when we uh, have suppliers and vendors, we do that because, you know, we're, we're purchasing expertise. And I think that one of the biggest dials that all of our fleets have is to have uh, contractual cybersecurity, uh, you know, guarantees in right. When it comes to telematics devices, you know, it's almost four years ago now, we did create something called the telematics security requirements matrix. Uh, and this has a questionnaire that you can tear out and, and provide to your current telematics supplier, uh, provide to new telematics suppliers that you're thinking about in your procurement phases. And you can make sure that the cybersecurity requirements are, are you know, um, included in your contractual guarantees. Uh, and then also, you know, trust, but verify. So you have your suppliers, you've vetted them, you've made sure that they're, they have the right processes in place, but it does, it does help. And this is more of an IT recommendation. Uh, you should be monitoring your suppliers, like the public infrastructure that they serve. And, and with, uh, there's other, I mean, there's, I don't want to name any particular suppliers on your show, but you can look at third party security monitoring solutions and make sure that like, is your telematic service provider on an ongoing basis? Does do they have any uh, known breaches or known vulnerabilities through one of these third-party monitorings? Yeah, certainly an important conversation that trucking and logistics companies should be having uh, as they talk to their uh, to their vendors or to their technology suppliers. Um, another uh, a big trend in commercial vehicle technology that I want to to raise with you is the emergence of automated driving. Right, there's these. Uh, and increasingly sophisticated advanced driver assist systems, you know, ADAS, you know, with uh, not just automated braking, but also some automated steering functionality. Uh, at the same time, we have the continued development and early pilot testing of fully autonomous trucks. Uh, so what are the cybersecurity implica implications, I should say, for you know, these types of uh, advanced automated driving systems that we're starting to see on the market and, and approaching uh, market readiness? And what are the types of safeguards that will need to be in place uh, to protect those systems when they when they are available. Yeah, I think with with the advent of the autonomous trucks, the um, the thing I said earlier about how there's really no way to do uh, latitudinal control, like, like commandeering the truck is not really the concern. Right? Yeah, I think that does change obviously with autonomous trucks, uh, and you have to start thinking about you know safety risks for sure. I think that's that's obvious. Uh, I think the good news here is that the suppliers like the OEMs that are providing autonomous trucks are well aware of this as well and they are all developing to you know 2662 as well as things like 21434 the control systems that they're putting in place uh, for these that I'm aware of they're not as susceptible to spoofing as say the diesel engine is and remember the derate situation with the attacks on the diesel engine is mostly because those OEMs and suppliers don't really have a choice. It's because of regulation and failsafe. They have to go into D-rates. It's really no alternative. Uh, and I think the, from my estimation, uh, and I'm, I'm not as an expert in autonomous vehicles by any means, but from what I've seen, uh, yeah, these control loops are not as susceptible to 
spoofing as, uh, as we have seen in other CAN buses. So I think the risk level is a little bit lower, you know, from where, from where I'm sitting for autonomous trucks. Um, I think we're going to, as it evolves and as we integrate, though, uh, the way cybersecurity is, is, is there's probably going to be some law of unintended consequences that's going to hit us. And there's going to be something that that'll surprise us for sure, because uh, that's just the way things go. With, uh, yeah, and has to be part of the conversation about, uh, you know, the development of these technologies for sure. And yeah, that may be a little bit looking you know forward and, you know, to, you know, a time when, you know, autonomous trucks are, you know, really out on the road and in a meaningful number, but uh, let's bring it back to the present. You know, I'm uh, just curious from your vantage point, you know, to what extent should fleet operators be concerned about their vehicles being hacked or compromised today, right? You know, I know sometimes that conversation does get, uh, you know, looped in with that uh, autonomous vehicle conversation, but to what extent is this a danger today? And uh, is this something that you see this poised to become a bigger threat in the future? Right. Uh, so, I mean, to your second part of your question, yeah, I think the, I think the threat is going to continue to grow uh, for sure. And for, for kind of this reason, to the first part of your question, how much should people be worried like today today uh, is maybe not so much because um, hackers are lazy. That's what we always kind of say when we do threat modeling, right? Hackers are going to do the easiest, simplest thing. And the one the hackers you always really need to worry about are the ones that are financially motivated. And if we look at the landscape today, the financially motivated hackers are actually pretty successful at making a living by doing Windows-based IT ransomware, right? That's that's what they're doing. Now, uh, if and when the industry really starts to, to button that up and they stop being primarily, you know, paying out due to that, uh, I don't think the hackers are dumb. They're lazy, but they're not necessarily dumb. And they're, they're definitely aware of the fact that, you know, you can ransom a trucking company through its IT or you can ransom it through its trucks, right? It's not a, it's not a big leap. So I think uh, it's going to grow. I think that technically uh, it is possible to do like ransomware of truck fleets today. If we look at like ELDs, uh, they're not all created equal. There's some pretty crappy ELDs out there. Uh, trucks have a whole spectrum of like single networks versus multiple segments. And so at that intersection of like older trucks and cheap ELDs, it, it does seem like, you know, not a large technical hurdle to, you know, ransom a truck and keep it in, uh, keep it in a D rate per se, per, per se. Like you don't have to immobilize a truck to ransom it, right? You just have to make it not useful for a driver or maybe not really like a driver even wants to drive it. Uh, and that would be good enough for ransomware. So I think the bar is kind of low and we should be worried about it because we can't worry about it after it's happened. Uh, and definitely the industry is a target and financially motivated attackers would love to keep making money off this industry. So uh, I see it as something that's just kind of barreling down on us. Hey, Road Signs listeners, it's your man, Mike Freeze. Here to tell you that the call-in lines are open. What does that mean, you may ask? Isn't this a podcast, not a radio show? You're correct. But we found a new way that you can call in and leave myself or my co-host, Seth Clevenger, a message. Leave us a message on new topics you'd like to hear more about or ask questions you may have about the trucking industry. Give us a ring at ttn.ws forward slash speak pipe. Yeah, so even if it's not something that we're seeing every day today, 
uh, clearly we need to be prepared for a time when you know perhaps you know some of these more sophisticated hackers turn their attention toward it i you know the sophisticated part um i know it seems uh new and maybe a little bit opaque to people because it's not something you can just kind of like necessarily google but truck hacking i love truck hacking it's so much fun and i love teaching people how to do it as well you know white hats anyway it's not not the bad right. <laughs> i i don't think it's a giant uh sophisticated subject to really achieve the uh the kind of like derate a fleet of trucks level of, uh, of ransomware. So sophisticated, maybe not, which is the worries. And, you know, when we look at vehicle cybersecurity, you know, I think there are roles for, for different stakeholders, right? I mean, of course the OEMs need to be focused on this. They need to be aware of this, uh, technology suppliers, um, vendors, uh, component system and system suppliers. And of course the fleet operators themselves, uh, as well. Uh, if you had to kind of delineate, you know, what role do you see and what responsibilities do you see for each of those stakeholders? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's tricky, right? I think in our industry, the ultimate authority always has to rest with the fleets. They're, they're the ones that purchase and own the trucks. And uh, I mean, I know the pendulum swings between uh, data is owned by the OEMs, data is owned by the fleets, but I think it's, it seems uh, pretty cut and dry. Uh, to me, the NMFTA, ATATMC has policies on this as well, that it's it's the fleets that own it. And so the authorization for all the data that flows and all the commands ultimately has to rest with the fleets. And I think, I think that means that, yeah, the ultimate responsibility for what's accessible uh, and, you know, what data gets transmitted is the fleets. But that means in turn that the responsibility of the technology providers is to provide systems that can be uh, configured to do only only what the fleets want and not, you know, extra defaults that are beneficial uh, only for, you know, maybe the vendor or, or some other partner. Uh, and, you know, that also could mean things like delegation of authorization, right? Like we don't, we don't really have a mechanism in the industry right now for a fleet to take digital control of a truck. They certainly can through the keys that are given to them, but, uh, you know, they might be able to reflash the governor limit on their truck but they couldn't necessarily configure which pieces of uh, geolocation data get sent to the telematics device. The telematics device certainly configures what gets stored or whatnot, but, um, but not necessarily a granular control of the data that's flowing on the truck. I think that that, that is a responsibility of the vendors to provide that level of control and, and that kind of authorization. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's the way I see it. I think that answers your question. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's a good overview of the, uh... Uh, the role that it, uh, you know everyone plays in this, but you know it's you know I guess the the rubber hits the road with the with the fleets. Um, some uh, I also want to get into some uh, you know best practices, right? You know for for fleets that really want to get ahead of this, who want to be thinking about this today. Uh, what are some best practices for them to to implement now to help protect their vehicles and onboard systems from potential cybersecurity threats? You you want to have telematics devices that you can trust. Uh, and you want to trust but verify, which I think we mentioned a little earlier, so have that monitoring of your third parties. Uh, you want to have a good sense of what's connected to your vehicle network segments, particularly on the older trucks, right? Um, and uh, decide if those devices have cybersecurity that you're looking for. So like, do your vendors have a secure development lifecycle? 
uh, you know, do they have incident response to all that stuff? And we have all these kind of questions for your vendors in the telematics security requirements matrix, which you can use uh, for other third parties, other aftermarket equipment. So it comes down to aftermarket equipment for sure. Uh, I mean, other best practices, we're, we're trying to create some equipment that we think could help people segment telematics from uh, vehicle networks. And we think that would be a best practice just following from ICS. Again, that's industrial control systems. So like for the remainder of the best practices, I think there's going to be some industry maturity to get to the point where, uh, you know, the kind of controls that we would see as best practices in, in industrial control systems will even be available to fleets. Like a lot of the things that you would see industrial control system security aren't even available to the fleets today as best practices. And one example is uh, a data historian, right? So if and when an attack happens uh, in industrial control systems, they can always go back to this data historian uh, and check the logs on the various, uh, you know, um, data buses that are involved in the sensors and the actuators. We don't really have something like that in trucking, right? We have an ELD that gives us you know, hours of service information, but if there were some kind of a cyber attack, there isn't sufficient logging available on anything in there, even like the black box EDR, that's for crashes, that's not going to give you information for a cyber attack. So we don't, I would love to give lots more best practices, but there isn't any kind of off the shelf stuff that the fleets can just go and grab to, to do the best practice that's at the level of ICS security. So I think there's uh, there's going to be some growing pains there as well. No, that's that's helpful, and I think it brings me to my next question: is what the the transportation industry can be doing, you know, collectively to help mitigate cyber attacks and and really protect and secure, uh, you know, the assets on the road, the trucks, and uh, of course, you know, not just to help themselves, but also to to prevent potential disruptions to the movement of freight, which of course we all uh, rely on. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, having those relationships built before something goes wrong is really important. Uh, one thing I've seen in the industry is that there's a lot of really great conversations that happen uh, between the different fleets. You know, they, they're competing, but they all do know each other and they all can pick up the phone and talk to each other. So I feel confident that like if something went really bad, uh, the fleets would be able to make sure freight is still moving uh, between themselves for sure. But we also have issues with like suppliers, right? So if it was some kind of a ransomware attack, we don't necessarily have those lines of communication open from uh, from engineers and some of the suppliers. So we need uh, we need information sharing uh, available ahead of time to protect, you know, protect our industry, uh, protect the freight that moves the blood of our of our country and our continent uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, of course, you know, as you as you put it well, um, our industry is very competitive. But uh, when it comes to cybersecurity, we should all be on the same side. Now, uh, this has been a great conversation, Ben, but uh, before I, I let you go, I uh, always like to, to look ahead a bit. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you see the field of cybersecurity, you know, specific to the transportation industry evolving in the coming decade. How do you see the threats changing and, you know, how do you think industry practices will need to change in response? Right. Um, I mean, if history is any predictor of the future, I think we're going to see uh, more of the same, right? Even if we look over to industrial control system cybersecurity, I think you can tell I'm a fan of that field. And I like to learn from them because they've been at this for, you know, 20 to 25 years. Uh, but even there, you can see that it's a spectrum of maturity. Uh, they've had stumble, they've had stumbles, they've had attacks that were successful and have recovered from them. So I think that we're probably going to see the same thing here. I think there's going to be incidents. I think there's going to be things to learn from. Uh, I think that the industry is going to have to start 
making and applying best practices, just like we saw in, in other industries. So I guess it's kind of like uh, more of the same, but just accelerated and uh, getting wider. Uh, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that's a, a good note to, to end on, Ben. You know, I, this is an important conversation for our industry. It's great to have uh, uh, your perspective on this and, and to bring, of course, the vehicles into the conversation as well. Uh, just once again, thank you for, for joining the program and sharing your knowledge with us. My pleasure. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How can the trucking industry keep its vehicles and onboard technology secure as cyber attacks expand? As we've heard during this episode, truck makers, technology suppliers, and fleet operators will need to stay vigilant against potential cybersecurity vulnerabilities that could compromise trucking equipment and connected vehicle technology. Although cyber attacks against fleet's back office systems remain the clear and present threat today, it's crucial that the industry take steps to ensure that advances in connected truck technology don't become the next vulnerability. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.